Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to My Independence Report. And uh, t- today, Corby Mitlight has come back. She's got a second book. Now, if you reviewed the other podcast that she was on, that was her first book. This is her second book. And I'm really interested in the material that we are going to talk about today, because everybody that I know wants to find a good psychic. However. As Corby's going to talk about, that's hard to do sometimes. And um, so with that, Corby, good afternoon. How are you today? Great, and it's delightful to be back. Love talking about this subject. I, I can imagine because, you know, it's it's hard. to. First of all, the name of the book is The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. I love the mm-hmm. title. Um it is a difficult thing because I've been around this business for around 20 years or so, and it's but it's tough to find somebody who's genuine, who's real, who's really getting messages and not reading you, but is actually getting uh, something from the other side. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there is no better business bureau for psychics. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Um, there are certain certifications you can look for. Um, for instance, I am a certified professional tower reader through the Tower Certification Board of America. But not everybody has that, and it's not required the way a doctor has to go to medical school, a lawyer has to go to law school. So you're pretty much at the mercy of whatever is out there, and you need to do your own research. How do you do that? Well, one of the first things you do is understand what a psychic can and cannot do. Um, No psychic should ever tell you that you're cursed, that you have bad luck, that there's a hole in your aura, that there is so much wrong with you that only a psychic, especially them, can fix it. That just sets you up for all the bad stories that you've heard about, all the Madam Hoo-Hahs and the Swami Swalandas telling you that you need to burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church or your family's going to die in a car accident. I've had to handle things exactly like that. So the first thing you need to know is, what do you want to know? Because we do different things. There's astrology, there's numerology, there's past lives. Uh, For instance, I don't do astrology, can't do that kind of math, but I do past lives. So you wouldn't come to me to get your astrology chart done. Once you figure out what it is you want to know, what the likely tools would be, then you can start looking for a psychic. Uh, Numerology and astrology, for instance, are very good for tab A into slot B kinds of answers. It's either this or it's not this. Things that I do, like tarot and oracle cards, are very good at showing you the nuances of your choices. So are you ready to perhaps reimagine what you want to do, or do you have to have this will work or this uh, this won't. So that's the first thing you need to do. Got it. 
Got it. I, I should be writing this down, but it's on a podcast, so I can review it and, and go back to it. All in the book. This is why <laughs> I wrote the book, because um, so many people don't know this stuff. And you know the old saying, all boats rise. Well, all boats sink, too. If somebody has had a bad experience with a psychic, then they're going to trash all psychics, and we all, good ones and bad ones alike, have to fight against that bad reputation. So that's why this book, I don't care if you read it and don't come to me. If it helps you choose a good psychic so you have a good experience, then the book did what it was supposed to do. So let me ask you, what is the, I, I, I don't suppose that there's like a, a chart that tells you what, how much to charge or, or who, but how much, reasonably, how much should you expect to pay when you go to a psychic? Well, that can vary. Um, it depends on how long they've been reading. It depends on whether they have a particular specialty that is very rare. It depends on their reputation. Okay, I mean, you can go to psychics at some psychic there's and they'll read you for 20 bucks. And then on the other end of the scale, there is uh, someone like my friend Stacy Wells, who is the only one in the world that I know of who will literally be able to see your pre-birth planning session, the session Life Between Lives, and help you negotiate it, understand it, etc. So she charges, uh, you know, three figures or four figures, depending on how long you're with her. She has some appointments all day. Uh, and she's booked up into 2021 because she's the only one in the world. Now, those are your your ranges. Um, for instance, what I charge is based on the fact that I've been reading for over 40 years, professionally for 25. It is my full-time job, so I read 1,200 people a year. I've written books. I'm in other books, and so you're getting you're getting a Cadillac. You're not getting, you know, a Chevy. So my rates are commensurate with someone of my level of experience, but they're not so outrageous that people can't do it. And I make sure that you get the value for your money because that brings us into the next thing. You must check for references. You must look for testimonials. Don't just go to someone because somebody else says they're good. Now, I'm going to go back and what happens if you have a bad reading? Can you ask for your money back? Yes, if. Okay? If you start having a reading with Madam Hoo-Ha, and she says, of your four children, it's your youngest who will take care of you in your old age, and you're postmenopausal and childless, I don't think she's connecting. <laughs> um, so you have a right to say to her in the first five minutes or so, Look, Madam Hoo-Ha, we're simply not connecting. No, don't be mean. Um, I'd like my money back. You don't have a reading for a half an hour or an hour and then say, you were lousy, I want my money back. That's like going into uh, seeing Rocket Man, watching the whole movie and then coming out and saying, nah, he really wasn't Elton John, where's my tent? No, it does not work that way. At the same time, um, we can refuse to read you we won't even take your money if we feel we're, we are not connecting with you and we can't help you with your questions. So the, the what we charge goes both ways. And you don't try to bargain with a psychic. You just don't. 
<laughs> well, aren't you, aren't you when you when you go to a reading, aren't you kind of dependent upon the psychic's goodwill and their desire to help you? And if you're going to do, uh, excuse me, that's the wrong expression. If you're going to um, um, bargain with them to get the best price, that might not get you the best deal. Well, the thing is, I don't bargain because I charge what I feel is fair. And it is appropriate for my work. I mean, if you go to see me at a psychic fair, for instance, what you're getting is I've had to pay a booth fee. I am paying my front person. I have to pay a hotel. I have to pay food. I have to pay gas and tolls. And when I am concentrating on a client, I am absolutely focused on them. Now, I used to do shows in Canada that were four days long, three to nine, ten to nine, ten to nine, and ten to six. And I would read all the way through. I'm exhausted. So, yes, you pay me what I'm worth. But one of the things that I think I may have brought up uh, before, I've been asked these things. How about doing a reading for less? At least you're getting paid. Can my friend and I have a reading together and only pay for one? Hey, do a free reading for me, and if I'm impressed, I'll tell all my friends about you. Or my favorite, why won't you give me a free reading? You're just greedy. You're not very spiritual. Hello? Oh, yeah. um, try doing that. Uh, my, the last one, try saying to a doctor, why won't you treat me for free? You're no doctor. You just want me to get sick and die. No, that's not the case. So I have set up my fees, and most other good professional psychics have set up their fees, so it's fair pay for fair play. That's the key. But remember, psychic readings, are a luxury, my darlings. It is not necessary. You don't choose between paying for groceries and having a reading with me. You get the groceries. I cannot stress that enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about you, Corby. And, and you've been doing this for a, a long time now. How did you get started with the, being a psychic and, and, uh, and then making it your profession? Oh, well, this is what I call the 30-second elevator speech. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family, and instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary, or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world, and I wanted to go find it. Fast forward to 1973, when I was a senior in high school, working part-time at Spencer Gifts. That was the year Live and Let Die came out. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it. I mean, you know, 1973, we were all hippies. Uh, elephant bells, fringe jackets, and decks. Five years later, uh, people had moved on to disco balls and roller skates, and I was still doing the cards because I found it fascinating, and I knew that as long as I kept my ego out of the way, I could be a clear channel for the information. Well, I must have done enough work on myself because all of a sudden in 1994, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training, and I figured that's when Spirit handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. So I did it part-time. Uh, meanwhile, I was a legal assistant, a video producer, an executive recruiter. I wrote for graphic novel series. But on 9-11, as I watched the towers burn, I turned to my husband and I said, I've got to do this work full-time. People are going to get some very dark information, and they need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe, and you could do it. So, you know, took off and never looked back. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, when you... Talk to dead people. Um, 
Do you see them? Do you hear them? Are you clairsentient, clairaudio? What are you? Clair what? It's almost like charades with me sometimes. For one thing, I don't go fishing because um, while some people are good at it, a lot of other people are vague. Oh, I see a woman in a flower dress. It's your grandmother. She's handing you a rose because she loves you and she misses you. What? <laughs> Give me a break. I look for their dog tags. And so, for instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80, you know, uh, the relationship, the name, when they died and how old they were, doesn't really tell me anything about them, but gets me right into the energy. And then I will tell you everything that they give me. And the reason I say it charades is I'm, whatever is the word for, you know, my hands move, Claire Feeland, I don't know. But there are certain pantomimes, pantomimes smoking a cigarette, um, my hands will go like opening up my rib cage if they had surgery. Um, when I pull a curtain aside, it's like they may have had Alzheimer's, but we're very clear once they crossed over. Um, and I give as much of that to the client as soon as they say, yes, that's dad or that's my friend. Then I open it up and they can talk to them directly. And I just, I kind of just don't even let my ego in. I hear something and I tell them exactly what is said. Um, but it's one of the reasons why I won't do mediumship publicly because I don't censor. And what comes out of my mouth may be embarrassing or terribly private or may send my client into, you know, tears of release. That's not for everybody else's entertainment. So mediumship, not in a gallery form, but always one-on-one. -on -one. So if the client wants to have a half-an-hour conversation with their dead person, they have the opportunity to do it. Ah, that's 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 really that's really interesting because I've got a good friend that is a psychic medium, and and sometimes she's right on, and sometimes she's in la la land, and a lot of it depends on the individual that uh, she's working with because they have to be open to the process, don't they? They do, but the other thing is, as I'm fond of saying, we are not dial a dead. If your aunt Rose is doing major work up there, she may not be by the phone. So just because I can't get Aunt Rose doesn't mean, A, she doesn't love you, B, that I'm no good, or C, that you'll never hear from her. So mediumship is not a guarantee. We all do our best. But remember, even the best of us is only 85% accurate. The only one 100% accurate is God, and he's not doing private mediumship sessions as far as I know. <laughs> What's it? So let, let me ask you this. Um, when you're doing a session with somebody and they are enthralled with what you're doing, is is it is it something that that uh, that they can do themselves? Is it is is it something that we can all do ourselves? Look, we are all wired like the same house plant. Some of us, the circuit breaker is off, so the power flows. Some of us, it's all locked and rusted shut. Some people have a short in the system. Those are the people who think that they're not psychic, but they always know when someone's calling them on the phone. Um, the more you realize what we have is a gift, but also a skill, the less you'll think like, oh, I can't do this. Of course you can. All of us started somewhere. And uh, there are two particular books that I recommend for people who are seriously interested in doing some of this work themselves. The first one is Psychic Protection, Balance, and Protection for Body, Mind, and Spirit. That's by Ted Andrews. That's Psychic Boot Camp. 
You don't go messing anywhere you don't know without checking out the lay of the land and getting a roadmap. And the other one is called Opening to Channel, How to Connect with Your Guides, and it's by Sonia, Roman, and Dwayne Packer. That's been around for a quarter century. Uh, that's the book that I learned to do my uh, mediumship and uh, spirit guide connections with. It's a great book. So, yes, you can do what I do. I'm not special. But, as I point out in Yellow Brick Road, just as some people love art museums but don't want to be painters, a lot of people want to go to a psychic but don't want to learn to be psychic themselves. And that is just as acceptable. Isn't it partly partly also that people don't trust that the information that they are getting? See, I, I get talked to by my guides all the time. It's, mm-hmm. it's but and I've learned to trust in what they say. Um, but a lot of people don't trust that that voice that they're hearing is actually coming from somewhere else, not themselves. Well, there are certain things that will tell you it's not really the people that you think, okay? Um, For instance, I would caution you if you believe you're getting uh, messages from Princess Diana or Whitney Houston or Robin Williams as your spirit guide. (laughs) They are too well known, they're too much in people's consciousnesses, and they're too much in people's fantasy lives for you to trust that. Um, There are also some very specific things that a spirit guide or angel will not do. So if you hear these kinds of things from that little voice in your head, I tell people, put it on the do not use shelf because it ain't for real. No spirit guide or angel would ever chastise you in a sharp or mean fashion putting you down. It wouldn't pump up your ego at the expense of someone else. It wouldn't try to guilt you into doing something. It wouldn't try to encourage you to do something that is illegal, immoral, harmful, or against your highest good. Something your gut knows is wrong or not in your best interest. On the other hand, sometimes they'll tell you things that you're not sure about. Put it aside and look at it later. They're not always going to give you all happy news. Uh, A good way of showing how I made sure that I was on the straight and narrow, when I was channeling people's higher selves, their souls, for Robert Schwartz, in his book, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. It's actually a two-book series. There was one chapter on abortion and miscarriages, and I was channeling for that particular chapter information from the client's higher self. And when I do that, I kind of go away. I mean, I do not remember what I say. I looked in the book when it was written, and Rob assured me that is exactly what I said. It is not what Corby Mithlide believes at all. But the fact that I channeled it completely and the client said it made perfect sense to her meant that was a clear channeling. So it's going to take you some time to get used to this. It's Very few of us are prodigies like Mozart who sits down and plays a symphony uh, concerto at age four. So write it down, see if it resonates, but take your time with it. It is you or a work in progress. I, now, I have another question for you that I've always wondered about, and I don't know how they do this mm-hmm. and how how they make it work, but it seems to work for me, and that is I, I like music, and I feel like I get messages 
through song um, from the other side. If I'm thinking about something or there's a major event that's happening, a, a particular song will come up and it will uh, resonate with me as an answer to the question that I had. Is that real or is that am I just nuts? No, that's very real. Uh, on the other hand, we all get messages, we all uh, are, if you will, get directed by spirit based on what we've got. For instance, why am I a past life specialist? Three reasons. Number one, I adore history and have studied it all my life. Number two, I'm a storyteller. I know how to put things together. And three, I was an actress, so I know how to listen for the dialect, for the voice, etc. Now, spirits got all that from me. So when I do a past life, I don't just tell someone, mm, well, it's uh, a big hat and a long skirt. I think it's old-fashioned. I'm able to key in, and when I get this vision, I'll say, okay, it's a hobble skirt. It's a very large picture hat, that kind of ostrich feather. We're talking 1911 or 1912. So, oh, wow. in that case, I can give them much clearer information, all right? On the other hand, there are some people who are brilliant at using pendulums. I, like Catherine Hepburn, have a slight benign tremor, so my hand shakes ever so slightly. You don't notice it, but when I try to hold the pendulum, I'm not sure I can trust it. So, you choose your tools. What are you drawn to? Do you love the idea of stones and crystals and they feel good when you hold them? Start using crystals. If you get, if music just kind of pulls your soul out and asks you to dance with it, you're going to get messages through music. Spirit sees what you're drawn to and that's the tool you should use. That's really interesting. Now, uh, just so you know, I, I wanted to ask you before I forget, um, do you ever go on to live radio and take calls? And yes. Not only do I do live radio and take calls, but once a month on my Fire Through Spirit Facebook page, uh, I do live free readings because I'm fast, baby. These are what I call lightning readings where, you know, everybody gets a minute or two and the questions get answered. But what I don't do on the radio is mediumship because, like I say, that's a very private thing, or health. And I'll, let me explain about health. Um, there are some really fabulous medical intuitives out there. My friend Stacy, again, she's one of them. But you don't neglect your own health because the psychic said nothing's wrong with you, okay? When I had microcalcifications on my mammogram, I went to five medical intuitives to see what they said. Four of them said I was fine. Only one of them was correct. That was Stacy. And it turned out I did have cancer. It was my third time, double mastectomy. If I had just said, oh, well, it's nothing, I'd probably be dead. So. Things that affect your literal life, you don't ask them, certainly don't ask them on fast readings. You go and you get a doctor to deal with you. You get a lawyer if you're in a lawsuit, things like that. Is that making sense to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I got sued once, and if you can't negotiate through all of that without a lawyer. It's a whole different language that they speak. Exactly. So, so make, but no, make, people ask things like relocation. They ask things like jobs and what's the message for my guide and what's ahead for me this year and, you know, when am I going to get a boyfriend? 
it, those those we can handle. They're easy. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, but by the way, um, would you consider? Um, um, would you and Stacy consider? Do you ever tag team with somebody? Like Stacy and I tag teamed many years ago, but um, we don't tag team together because, as much as we adore each other, our energy doesn't work well. We are two. It's like two captains on a ship. Okay. Right. So, but I have tag teamed with some other people. Yes. What are you thinking? Well, um, I did a uh, um, uh, years ago. I did a, a, a show called Positive Talk, and uh, there's a podcast that's up now. It's called the Psychic Car Wash because I had a I had a human behavioralist, a uh, um, uh, astrologer, and a uh, sound healer on, and we took calls, and the three of them worked beautifully together, and they would help people with the various problems that they had, and they each in turn would give their, from their modality, from their perspective, they would then um, um, give give the sound advice. It was really was incredible to watch. I, I just enjoyed that watching. That kind of thing, yes. I might, I might indeed be willing to, to play with that. Yeah, because it's, it's just, it was a lot of fun, and and the information, as a matter of fact, one of the gals that, uh, well, she was the board operator in the studio, and she had a question, and it, it, like, it changed her life, um, because you you folks, if you, a good psychic who can, can literally change somebody's life, and you've experienced that, haven't you? Yes, but we give the information. We don't make the changes. Um, people come to me and say, oh my God, you were so accurate. Thank you so much. I wouldn't have known without. And while I'm honored by that, I'm just the tool. I'm just the tube. Spirit might have gotten the information to them another way, but I am honored that I was the one that was able to be what Spirit used. That's, to be honest, that's how I keep my ego out of this. I remember that I'm not the magic. I just channel the magic for people. You know, it's interesting. You were mentioning about Stacy and her ability to talk to people um, about their life planning session on, on the other side before they come here. On tomorrow, um, I'm having on on the uh, live radio show that I do. Um, it's I'm having somebody from the Newton Institute. Are you familiar with the Newton Institute? Yes. Yes. And they're coming on. They've got a brand new book out, and it's called uh, "Wisdom: The Wisdom Wisdom from the Soul." And uh, so she's going to come on and talk to me about uh, that the, that whole process. It is a fascinating topic when you get into the life planning session that we have, who we come here with, why they're we're, we're here, and what our motive in being here is. So I'm assuming that you and Stacy both can do that. Is that right? Yes, we come at it from different ways. Stacy is the one that actually sees, you know, the computer flow chart, uh, can talk to you about the conversations, literally the conversations that went on when that was happening. What, what I did for Rob Schwartz is I was his past life specialist. So I'm the one that when you, when you have a soul plan reading with me, um, you have homework and you pick your one life challenge, whether it's addiction, parenting, handicapped children, poverty, homosexuality, death of a loved one, whatever it is. And then I go and find to, to as many as 1.10 past lives that kind of macrame together to show you how you resulted to where you are now and what lessons you're trying to learn. It 
uh, is different from what Stacy does. The way I explain it is Stacy is your brilliant technical surgeon. I'm the priest inspirer storyteller. Very, uh-huh. very useful information, but very different. Oh, indeed. Indeed. But it's got to be fascinating. You know, first of all, I, ju- I just want to make it clear that uh, um, from your perspective, when you uh, delve into somebody's past life, not everybody is George Armstrong Custer or Cleopatra or George and, Washington. No, and you're not Anne Boleyn because you can't wear turtlenecks, kid. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we've all been saints. We've all been sinners. We've all been victims. We've all been the murderer. Because spirit wants to learn about a lot of things. As Rob Schwartz put it in his book series, karma is not carrot and stick. Karma is five things. You've got unbalanced energy, which is a neutral, healing, service, contrast. If you want to learn about abundance, you have to be rich one life, poor another life, and healing of beliefs. So you're not going to get all that done in one or two lives. Let's just look at unbalanced energy. If you're someone who micromanaged for your family all their lives, what you might decide is whether that was good or bad for them, that next time you were going to come in and have a stroke at age 30 so that for the rest of your life, somebody else micromanaged your life so that you could see from both sides. Having the stroke doesn't mean you are a bad person. It is what the soul is choosing to use as part of its learning laboratory, if you will. I, tell me if this analogy works for you, because this rattles around in my brain. It's like mm-hmm. you have to, these three souls are, are up in uh, uh, up on the other side, and two and two of them are talking about eating pumpkin pie. Third one says, "I've never had pumpkin pie," and so they're trying to to describe what it's like to eat pumpkin pie with whipped cream and the flavors and the, and the crust and all. But it doesn't come across because they haven't had that. That third person hasn't had that experience. So in order for them to have that experience, they have to come here in the physical body and eat pumpkin pie to get an idea of what it's like. Is that, is that kind of, is that a good analogy? Um, I think so. The other analogy I use is the white room. You walk into a white room. It's got a white piano, white keys, white curtains, white walls, white carpet. If all you know is white, you have no concept of other colors. So, yes, you, uh, for instance, if you're someone who lived in Egypt in, you know, 1500 BC, and you grow pumpkins there. So you would have to choose a life where pumpkins were discovered or where they grew. Because the other thing to remember, and this is kind of hard for our little bitty brains to get around, time is not a line, time is a web. Who's to say that I couldn't go from this life to one in 1728 Chile? You know, we don't know. We can guess, but our little brain pans are much too small. It's like trying to teach a four-year-old calculus. They ain't going <laughs> to get it. Doesn't mean the kid's dumb. Just has not got the brain pan to handle that yet. And and time is not linear. Time can be, and, and time, actually, time really doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So you've got multiple universes that are, you know, tissue thin next to each other. Um, you've got um, alternate timelines. You've got all kinds of things. 
we are in this little petri dish down here. And we do the best we can in the concerns in the confines of the petri dish. But it's one petri dish in the entire lab. And sometimes people forget that. Indeed, indeed. So when you're doing your work, and I, I, this is the second time that we've had an extended conversation, and I believe you when you tell me that you are really good at what you do, and we're gonna we're gonna experiment with that. I'd love to do a live radio with you. I, th- I think that would be a great deal of fun. Um, That'd be delicious. I'd love to. And so we'll 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 plan on that for the end of January. Sure, I think that's great. And, uh, and, and stuff because it, it would be, it would be really fun. Now, let me ask you, uh, I work with, uh, a gal by the name of Martha Norwalk on Martha Norwalk's Animal World. Do you work with animals at all? Do you read animals? Uh, well, I'm owned by three main coon cats, but that's an entirely different thing. <laughs> um, I am not an animal specialist, but yes, um, uh, people have asked me about their animals and I'm apparently pretty accurate. Yeah, because as Martha says, uh, dogs have masters, cats have staff. That's exactly right. That's it. and and don't let anyone ever tell you that animals can't reincarnate because they can. That's 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 also true. As a matter of fact, I just lost my uh, um, my uh, um, my beautiful dog Wesley. He was fourteen and a half years old. He's a border collie. And, uh, and he was, he was smart as a whip and stuff, but I truly believe that he, number one, he's up there with my father, I'm pretty sure, and that he will come back when he chooses to. He'll come back when you need him, is what I get. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, that's what animals do. You know, my own, my own example, um, wonderful Maine coon cat named Oswald. He got me through divorce for marriage and the cancer. When he died in 2008, I was a wreck. But that night, had a dream. He had been down to 10 pounds when he died. He was back to his big 20-pound self, hale and hearty, and he came trotting toward me and hopped in a little boat that I was riding in. And I woke up suffused with joy, and I heard the message, Mom, thank you so much for letting me go. That body sucked. And I'm glad to be out, but I'm coming back soon. Watch for me. Now, I dealt with a very good animal communicator uh, who lived around me at that point, and she pinpointed not only which breeder, but which litter he'd be in. I said, how am I going to know him? And she laughed. She said, he says he has it handled. So he was going to have the same name. This is Oswald II. And I go to the breeder, and there's this pile of kittens all sleeping. And I sit about six feet away, and I just call him. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Three of them don't move. One of them, the head shoots up. He comes tearing over to my lap. Like, where the <laughs> hell you been? We take him home. He says hello to the two 17-year-old Himalayans Oswald the first had grown up with. Hello to the 10-month-old Maine Coon who's going, who the heck are you? Eats out of everybody's food dish, and boom, he's alpha cat. You can't <laughs> tell me that's not the same Oswald. <laughs> well, and Martha, Martha will tell you all the time that uh, the animals that she's had, they come back, and they come back specifically to help her or to be part of her life and they had a particular point for a particular reason. That's right. That's why I never refer to Oswald as my familiar. He's my peculiar. <laughs> okay. We're talking, by the way, with uh, Corby Mitleid, and we're talking about her book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. 
Um, the, the, Corby, give give you've given us some real good ideas about a good psychic or a bad psychic. Um, what is the number one thing that you would say that probably is in your book that I I need to read because uh, I haven't read it yet, but I will. And uh, that you would recommend that people do when searching for a good psychic. Yes, that is don't settle on the first one. Get testimonials and talk directly, if you can, to people that have had readings from them. If we're professional psychics, all of us have people that have said, yes, you can send someone to me and you know, I'll tell them how, how good a reader you are and what my experience has been. Because you want to make sure that even though the testimonials may be good, it's not a one-trick pony psychic. I'll give you an example. Uh, way, way back when I was start, first starting to do the circuit, there was a show that was run by a late woman, we'll just call her you know, Reverend Crotchety. She said, so glad you're here. Um, let me do a reading for you to show you how it's done. Now, this is five months before I married my husband of now 20 years. And we still can't pass each other in the hall without smooching. She flips a few cards and goes, I'm so sorry, but it looks like your husband is sleeping with your best friend and he's stealing money out of your bank account. Now, at this point, my best friend lived in Thousand Oaks, California, and I'm in Albany, New York. And he didn't even know where I had a bank account. But then she says, it's all right, I'll tell you how to handle it. And then she proceeded to tell me how her last four husbands got taken to the cleaners. Muddy channels get muddy information, guys. You need to make sure that what we have to tell you is going to be specific for you, that we don't try to tell you that you have to come back, that we don't try to bamboozle you. That's why talk directly to people we've read for and ask them questions. Was she fair? Was she accurate? Were you comfortable with her? Did she try to upsell you on a lot of stuff? Would you go back? Then, the last thing is check in, check in heart ways. You're putting your hard-earned money on the table. If the psychic doesn't feel like she has a brain in her head, she really gives a damn about what she's doing, or she has good information, and of course, there are male psychics too, but most of us are female, um, don't go to them. Wait until you get that message. Yes, this one I can trust. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That ma- that makes really, really good sense because you, you, your higher self will help you with that decision, won't they? Um, yes and no. They're not going to say you must go to Madam Huha. They're not. Your higher self may kick in if they're concerned that you're going to go to someone who's a real problem. But the thing that spirit wants you to remember is psychic guidance is a toolbox to make your life better. But you got to use the toolbox. Your psychic is not your repairman. That's why I don't like someone to get really dependent on me. Uh, people, you know, people always say, well, how often should I go to a psychic? Not cut and dry. If you come to me for a business reading, and six weeks later you come back to me and say, great, I did everything you said, and this is everything that's changed, can we look again? Happy to do it for you. But if you come to me just once a year, but it's always the same questions, and you never make any changes, and the advice is, you know, what I read is always the same, I'm going to be like a good bartender and cut you off because it's a waste of your time and your money. Sure. Sure. So I've got a, I've got a question for you. Um, this podcast is re- relatively new and it really, it really started 
taking off in like August in when I, when I really started to work at it. And everything is kind of lining up for me to do this full time for the podcast to be on live radio. All of that stuff is coming this fall. Is, is that, is the spirit line things up for you like that where they just kind of, it's like it's like rolling a bunch of strikes. They just they just line, line them up and you knock them dead. Is if you get out of the way, okay. For instance, um, I probably needed to change my career paradigm, but I was really comfortable with what I was doing, which was the show circuit, weekend after weekend. All of a sudden, in July, I had a herniated disc and pinched nerves, and Ow. while I'm pretty much well now, doctor has said, you're done. You can't take long uh, trips in the car the way you were. Sitting is not that good for you. You can't do the load in and the load out. It's too bad for your back. So all of a sudden, my career trashed as I knew it. Once I said to Spirit, all right, I'll stop fighting. I will accept this now. I began to get classes. I began to get lots more phone readings. I began to get people who are going to help me put up YouTube videos, uh, more private parties. So that's an example that if you keep yourself attuned and you don't look at these things as problems, spirit doesn't love me, but okay, it's, it's an alert. How do I handle it? Then spirit is given the room to help you realign yourself to what you really should be doing. But you can't have a pity party and you can't say, universe doesn't love me because the universe says, oh, right, I'm a short order cook with no imagination. You say I don't love you, I'll show you that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the uh, uh, law of attraction and, uh, and the abundance and all of those things are kind of wrapped up in all of that, right? Exactly so. Couldn't be righter. So it's because it, it is really interesting. I've been... Uh, um, driving a bus for 11 years and, um, because of th- this autoimmune thing I've got, um, I'm not going to be able to do that for very much longer. So, and, and I've been told that I do this pretty well and I used to do it and I love it. And I love pe- talking to people like you, people like you are just, you, you fill my soul. It, it's really kind of weird. Um, cause when I got on this, this call today, I was tired. I was, you know, I stayed up late last night, but you fill my, you fill my soul and you make me, and you make me happy. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. I think what it is is, um, I get to get up in the morning. I don't have to get up in the morning. And exactly. when you've got someone who's like me who just adores what they get to do, then that is infectious. Yeah. Yes. If you're open to it, you can have as much fun. Which is it's it's exciting and and I'm I'm looking forward to having you on the show in uh, uh, at the end of January. I think the audience would would really love you. You're you're engaging. You're funny. Um, and so, by the way, <clears throat> if you are listening to this podcast and you'd like to go see Corby or you'd like to call her, how do they get a hold of you, my dear? Very simple. You go to my website, CorbyMitlide dot com. That's C O R B I E M I. T-L-E-I-D. And on there, you will see all of the kinds of readings that I do. You can sign up for my newsletter there, Flight Patterns. And if you need to talk to me directly, very simple, 518-275-9575, and I will fill you in on what you need to know. 
And you can go to her website and her numbers there, I'm sure, and you can go uh, probably right. email and all that kind of stuff. So, well, oh yes, yes, it is. And also, Fire Through Spirit on Facebook. I have a page, and that's where all the information about classes and my reading hours and all of that is done. Oh, very nice, very nice. And you do, and you do stuff all over the world, and you do it by phone, right? And look, a client from Bolivia is not going to want to come here to upstate New York and the sheep and the cows. So yes, <laughs> um, Skype. Remember, if I could only read you in person, how do you know I'm not reading your body language? So phone and Skype are just as good as sitting down with me. In the, in the, because it's all energy. Exactly. Exactly. And energy doesn't need time or place. It's, it's amazing. I've, I've worked with some folks that, that uh, and which is why you can come on the radio and people can call in and, and you can uh, uh, tune in to them, their frequency, and read them. Even though it's just on, it's on the phone, so it's it's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. Indeed, stuff. indeed. So, give us your phone number one more time, Corby. You bet. Five one eight two seven five nine five seven five. That is Eastern Time Zone. I'm in upstate New York. And get the book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, and that will give you a roadmap. Funny that you would use that in the title. It will give it'll give you a roadmap on how to pick and find a great psychic and somebody who really knows what they're doing, um, and right. can give you the the type of information that can really be helpful. I got a question for you before we go. Uh, I was yeah. just thinking about it. You don't tell the future, do you? What I do is I tell you what your options are. What I tell you is what I see. For instance, if you say, "When am I going to have a boyfriend?" I'm not going to tell you one. I will look month by month for the next three years, and there may be two or three or four good long-term possibilities, and I let you know, but your free will is what determines everything. I can point out the roads you can take, but I'm not going to tell you, um, you know, where you're going to get a flat tire, where you're going to run out of gas, or when you're going to pick up a hitchhiker. Right. Right, because the, the because there's free will involved with all of that stuff. Yes. And no psychic has any right to derail your free will. That's what we're down here to use and to learn from. I'll give you an example of that. I was married for 24 years. I'm not no longer married. Um, I've been single for the last uh, uh, decade. And if I were to come to you and, and you were to say, well, there's a, a, a woman's coming in your life in three months, I would say, no, she's not, because I'm not going to answer the phone. Well, that could be your choice. What I object to are people who say, yes, um, on January 17th, you're going to meet a guy in a bar, he's blonde hair, his parents were from Geneva, and he's a lawyer. Maybe that's true, but if there is also a performance artist from Brooklyn that you meet in May that you run into at the library, and he could be just as valid and fulfilling a life partner for you, and your you know, life plan would still go as planned if you went with him. Uh, because I only told you about the one and I said, this is your guy, then that has derailed your free will, which is oh, why yeah. I will always tell you what I see for your options. I won't lie. But the other thing is when people say, don't tell me bad news, I say there is no such thing. There are, here are your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. Here's your toolbox. Go rock and roll. That is that. <laughs> that's just awesome. So, again, we've been talking with uh, Corby Mitleid, 
if you get the book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, you can pick it up at Amazon. And it's actually even in, in it's in Kindle now too, right? Yes, yes. Kindle, um, you can get it on Amazon on Kindle form. If you want the paperback, you have to go to my website, CorbyMitlai.com, and you'll see where the book is and you can order that. I recommend it highly. It's been it's been great to talk to you again, young lady. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we go? Uh, only that I look forward to being able to play with you and your listeners in January. That'll be fun. That will be fun. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. And uh, so given that, I could go on and talk to you all day long. But you are busy and, and you've got stuff to do. So, so get the book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. You've been listening to My Independence Report. My name is Kevin McDonald. Do something nice for yourself today. Do something nice for somebody else. Be real. Be alive. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independent Report.